Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Internet Marketing. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 191 of Internet Marketing, brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. Hello Mr Newman. Hello Andy and hello to everybody listening at home or on the train or wherever they are. And today we have more Google Plus goodness. Yeah. Stuff that we didn't tell you last time. Yeah. We held back for this episode. Yeah, well basically, so this is kind of based on a presentation um, that I'm delivering slash have delivered by the time this will go live. Um, to social media marketing 2012 in London, and it's the kind of the topic of the talk is squeezing squeezing more um, social SEO value out of your social media campaign, and kind of talking about kind of some of the connections between Google Plus and the future of search, really. So it's kind of you know in three sections, really. Um, the problem that's facing Google. Um, the solution to that problem and then some of the actions that we can take as individuals to you know respond to this change that Google are making in their algorithm and kind of what we're predicting for the future of search um, so that the, the problem fundamentally comes down to the fact that Google is still an algorithm but it would like to be a real person it would like to kind of implicitly understand what should rank and what shouldn't rank um, in the search results um, like a real person would but they're, they're not they're a computer system it's a program so they're trying to determine that and you know historically the um you know the formula for seo was you did the technical stuff you got some good links and then you profited right so you got your on you got your site relevant you did some keyword research you built it into your site you sorted your urls out you got your markup working in a search friendly way you bunged some good links with it and then you ranked well well there was a number of problems with that you know, from Google's perspective, and they're becoming more evident as people move more and more um, to social media. One of those is a a sample bias, right, of Mm. um, links, right? So the way that Google determine who should rank is based on who links um, to people. But there's fundamentally a bit of a a sample bias in um, that, you know, selection of society and who decide that. So, I mean... I mean, the the one question is, I suppose, you know, listeners, so, you know, do you have a website that you maintain outside of work? And I imagine our listeners probably do, you know, because that's the type mm. of people that they are. Um, but if I then had to ask you, well, 
have you done much with that personal site in the last six months? I bet suddenly our kind of metaphorical room where people had their hands up to say they had their own website, suddenly, you know, a number of those will drop because mostly quite often our personal website or a hobby website sometimes get neglected. Yeah, so you don't know with that three hands up. Yeah, but then to ask the question again, well, what about your partner? So your boyfriend, your girlfriend or your, your wife or husband? Um do they have a website that they maintain outside of work? And I bet, again, the numbers would be smaller because, um, you know, not not everybody does maintain a website. And this is even within a group of people who are perhaps more predisposed to because potentially you might, you know, um, you know, live with someone who works in your sector or at least because you are a digital marketer or interested in digital marketing, there's a greater likelihood. But what about kind of your mum or, you know, your brothers or sisters? How many of those people really have their own websites that they maintain with any kind of regularity and link to other websites? And the fact is the group of people who own, maintain websites and have the ability to link to others and therefore decide in the eyes of Google um, what should rank is a relatively small subset of society. And that subset of society and web users is quite specific, right? It's a particular group of people with particular demographic, you know, demographics about them and particular things that they do that perhaps isn't truly representative of um, society, of net users as a whole. So that's a bit of a flaw in how the Google algorithm works, that it decides what is relevant based on this small biased sample of net users um and you know i you know in the presentation i could then go on and do a bit of a kind of um example to show how you know that social media is perhaps potentially more democratic so if we kind of go back to our metaphorical room that we're dealing with and ask who has a facebook account who has a twitter account you know maybe even an instagram account if you're looking at these you know far more people have these and far more normal people in inverted commas have those types of accounts Mm. so therefore i believe that um you know and most people believe that social media is and websites that are shared socially rather than via links on other websites is potentially more democratic and you know more likely to deliver some good results and i kind of jokingly call this the mum probability principle which is the more likely your mum is to use it probably the more likely it is to be you know a better representation of general web users but there's another problem as well is that kind of all recommendations from search you know from links aren't created equal right so a link from the bbc is probably better than a link from my mum yeah from yeah or you know dodgy seo directory dot mm. biz or whatnot um but it's a little bit more complex than that so it's like it's better to say the bbc is more valuable than a link from you know the site of visibility website but it's a bit more complex than that right because that's just on a a page based you know, a website-based um, kind of understanding that the BBC as a website is more trustworthy than site visibility as a website. But if you look at a website like The Guardian, say, you know, a, a national newspaper here in the UK, and they have a variety of different contributors, right? So people like David Miliband, Charlie Brooker, Ben Goldacre, Victoria Corrin, Polly Toynbee, and all these different people who are contributing to them. And potentially, you have quite different levels of authority and different areas of expertise right so i potentially would take a recommendation from a food writer about food more seriously than i would a recommendation from a food writer about a travel destination mm. and a travel writer might be better qualified to talk about travel than that food writer would even if they're on the same website right so if you kind of understand that the way traditionally the kind of link building world works is that a website determines authority rather than perhaps the author 
not all recommendations are created equally, right? Mm. So there's your two problems you've got there. One is that links, as a general rule, aren't as represent. You know, the people who have the power to provide links aren't that. Um, you know, democratic, they aren't that realistic. But even where there are links, and we accept that that's probably the way it's going, that even on one particular website, a link from one author on the BBC, you know, could have a completely different um, weighting to a recommendation from another author on the BBC. And that's the same across all different websites. So what's the solution to both these problems and general problems with the, you know, the way that Google determine what should rank? It's Google Plus. I have a suspicion it might be something to do with Google Plus. Yeah, that's exactly the, the solution. And that's part of the reason that they're doing it, right? So I think the kind of future of off-site SEO, um, you know, stuff that isn't to do with URLs, that isn't to do with, um, you know, markup, keyword presence on, on pages, that type of thing, duplication. There's going to be three elements to that in the future. One of those will be links. It will continue to be links. I can't see a immediate future where particularly Google, but any of the search engines is going to turn away from links as an indicator because they've got this historical data there and it does a, a good job. It might not do a perfect job, but it does a good job. But I think what you're going to see more and more, and we've already talked about this in previous episodes, is that social shares is going to be part of that determining algorithm. Mm. So a piece of content which is widely shared socially should potentially rank higher. And early studies have started to suggest that that is already the case. But I think there's a third element that I don't think we've talked about much on the podcast that I think is going to be important. And that's kind of the concept of author rank, right? So an individual person writing a piece of content potentially has more value than another person writing that content, even if they were both on the same website, even if they both generated the same number of social shares. Um and Google Plus is right at the centre of how Google are going to do that. Um, Google Plus is already the the currency, the infrastructure that they use to um, identify authors online. And again, it's probably going to be right there at the centre of social shares. Now, a lot of people talk about Google Plus being a bit of a ghost town, and I don't think that really matters because what if you if you go okay, well, what if you believe that one of the main reasons that Google are you, creating a social site is to improve the accuracy of their algorithm so therefore it is the best the best and most accurate search engine which means people use it the most frequently so they can sell adverts against it i think fundamentally that's what you know google's objectives are is make their search as good as possible so they can sell as many ads against it right absolutely yeah um so to do that, their, their reason for creating a social network is perhaps quite different from Facebook's reasons for creating a social network. And, you know, Facebook is more about, we have a social network, how can we monetize that? If you go, well, if Google Plus isn't there to usurp Facebook or to take down Twitter, instead it's there to improve the accuracy of their search algorithm by diversifying the number of people who are able to influence the search algorithm, then it doesn't need to have... 100% market share. It doesn't need to have 30% market share. It can have 10, 15% market share and still have hugely statistically significant sector of the web, which was so much better than the links they had before. And I think, you know, that's where it's kind of going to do it it's already. And already Google Plus is influencing search as well. So those two author ranks and social share, that's very much the future of search but it's already um you know influencing it today because social shares lead to links now you know if something is being pop you know shared socially there are all kinds of websites that aggregate and curate socially shared links websites like topsy for example um, and those aren't going to be the best quality links in the world but merely getting content shared socially tends to lead to links now they're not always the best links in the world but they're links that are happening 
um, organically without your effort and involvement because it's just a byproduct of the social media success. Um, it also allows Google to find your content quicker. There's been some great studies done about... Uh, you know how quickly google indexes tweeted content and already i'm starting to see some more about content that's shared on google plus being indexed a lot lot quicker now if you believe that a lot of search queries like a significant proportion of search queries are brand new they've never been searched for before every single day there are new words phrases sentences that are typed into a search engine to do that in many cases the reasons why they're new is because people are searching for things that didn't exist a couple of days ago so it's kind of a topical thing that's come about um that never happened before now if you believe that's the case which it is um and actually, what it becomes really important as a search marketing principle to be in the index as soon as possible, mm. because if you can be the first person to be in the index, um, you're in a much better position to get that traffic. Those people are searching for phrases that never have before. Uh, Google Plus and most social media is a really effective way of getting your contact context indexed quicker so would you say kelvin if say you put a blog post or a, say a podcast yep. up or a, or a vodcast videocast it's a good idea to mention it briefly on google plus and then point to it definitely definitely yeah. i mean i mean not it's one of those ones where if you do everything all the time automatically it you know with a you know a tool that feeds that through for you it perhaps isn't as valuable as genuinely using a social network. Mm. However, with my SEO hat on, anything that can increase the speed at which your context is content is indexed is a good thing to be thinking about. And Google Plus particularly seems to be one that's headed in that direction. Mm. So I wouldn't suggest if you're an e-commerce product page and you've just added 500 new products, Google Plus and all of those <laughs> pages. Single one of them. But if you've got a piece of news on your site where you're responding to something topical that you think is going to be really really widely searched over the next 24 hours definitely if you've launched a new product that has just been many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mentioned on a TV show and you know that people are going to be searching for it that evening when they watch it on the TV show, definitely Google Plus it because it'll get you in the index that much quicker. Um, you've also got kind of author snippets as well. So on any lots and lots of searches now 
Google are pulling through a picture and the um, the details of the person who wrote that piece. So on a search query, they're showing who the author of that piece was. And inevitably, anything that draws a picture or takes up additional search engine result uh, results page real estate attracts more links than if it wasn't there. So if you've already got these authors contributing to your site, you're a blog, you're a news site, it's mad not to be already implementing rel author. And we probably ought to do an episode on rel author in its own right. But um, Google oh, Plus... Yes, the is, rel attributes. Yeah, the rel attribute yeah. Um, that, that specifies who the author of the piece was, which is how Google know to pull through the authorship details. But those authorship details, the identity system that underlies that, is Google Plus. So it's already influencing search results. And additionally, um, it's also kind of... Social content ranks really frequently in the search results anyway. All kinds of search queries bring up websites like Yahoo Answers, like Quora, like, um, you know, Twitter, LinkedIn, you know, LinkedIn questions and answers. They all appear in the search results. So quite often, because this is content on existing authority websites, it can rank there quite well. And that's perhaps a different way of thinking about your search performance. But actually, if your challenge is to get someone who is searching to know about you and buy from you, do you necessarily need them to come to your website or do you need them to come know about you and then come to your website? So mm. sometimes the challenge isn't getting your website to rank. It's getting another website to rank where you are present on that web page is sometimes a good way of going about that. And it's personalizing the results as well. So if you already have a Google Plus network, you've got people in your circles already when you search for phrases they've made this a little bit more subtle but they're personalizing the results right so if i search for car insurance in the uk because i've got a lot of contacts who are also kind of optimizing for car insurance i can see who their clients are but i can also see okay this you know link was plus one by this other seo company which is interesting for me because i can see who's working on them but what that's doing is getting that website to appear higher than it would have done previously because someone i know has made that connection and the way that I think Google Plus has been quite clever is it's kind of built these like networks that you have without you even perhaps even realizing it because it's your Gmail contacts, it's people who you, you know, you follow on Feedburner. It's, you know, it's all these types of that they're taking existing social relationships that are already there and are personalizing it. So that's happening for your customers as well. If they've got a Gmail account, if they've signed up for Google Plus, added 50 people, but never used it again, that doesn't mean it's not personalizing their search results. Um, so that's definitely happening. So what are some of the things you can do to kind of cope with and respond to this change in um, Google Plus and the way it influences search results? Well, the first thing you can do is ignore the people who are talking Google Plus down, saying it's a ghost town. Yeah, it might not be the biggest social network in the world, but it's a lot bigger than a lot of sites people are getting interested in. You know, you hear, I hear people talking all the time about Pinterest. Mm. Google Plus is, you know, on an order of magnitude bigger than that. So, yeah, ignore the people who are, um, you know, talking it down. That's probably because Google's such a big target. It's easy yeah. to poke fun at. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's a kind of, just because it's not the biggest social network in the world doesn't mean it's not a big social network. Mm. Um you can do things like use DoShare, and I'm going to cover that in an upcoming episode, which is a really good tool that allows you to schedule um, your tweets. So I'll talk about that a little bit more in our tools episode we've got coming up, probably next or the one after. Um, you should add yet another social button to your site. I know that social buttons are perhaps sometimes a lazy way of adopting, you know, making a nod to social media without perhaps necessarily doing anything about it. Mm. But if you have people who are visiting your site who are using Google+, Plus, 
there might not be many of them relative to perhaps some of the other networks but if they are you want to make it as easy as it is possible for them to share that content on google plus because as i've talked about google plus is going to be at the center of how google determine what should rank in the future there's also um this open graph markup um, which originally started with Facebook, um, but Google Plus follows that as well. And essentially, that's kind of a way you can mark up your content that says, this is the headline, this is the image, mm. this is the snippet to take, and all these types of things. Now, you might think, well, why should I worry about that? Well, if you've ever used Google Plus, particularly the images, and you'll get the kind of like adverts appearing as the suggested image quite frequently when you share something on Google Plus, or the snippet might be your menu. So you there's a tool called... Um, there's kind of a markup debugger, um, but it's open open graph, mm. um, which is ogp.me. Um, so, yeah, ogp.me is the URL there. Look at the open graph protocol and check your website to see if it is uh, adhering to those um, principles. Because if someone's clicked to share your content on Google+, which we agree perhaps might not be that frequent an occurrence because it isn't the biggest social network in the world, but if they have, you want to do all you possibly can to make sure that when they do share you, your content presents itself as well as it possibly can. And Open Graph is the way that Google+, and Facebook decide how you should appear when someone shares your your content on their site. Is Open Graph basically a microformat Kelvin is it relying on these these sort of little attributes yeah. or is it an HTML5 specific thing? it's a similar it's kind of in I mean I'll be honest I'm not an expert in the differences between the various options on that front mm. but basically uh, Google Plus adhere to a schema.org one and open graph whereas Facebook are more in with open graph so open graph gives you the flexibility to work in in both of those ones but okay. it's a similar kind of idea that you just say on the page and a lot of this is kind of default rules that if someone shares your content on uh, Facebook or Google+, the default image that you would like them to share is your main image. And you just tell them what that main image the is avatar, rather than yeah. Um, yeah, the avatar or that if, if you always, when you, you, know, you have a standard format of how you present your posts. Mm. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's a real like, hygiene thing. It like, takes five, ten minutes, but you might be amazed at how your content is being rendered when people press that share button that we talked about on the previous, mm. you know, previous point. Um, also, implement RelAuthor. Um, there's some great guys out there. I really like the Skyrocket SEO um, guide to RelAuthor just because it's kind of quite a nice or basic idea. But essentially, what how RelAuthor markup works is you need to, for every piece of content that's on your site, need to link to the author who produced that on your site and they have their own author page. And on that author page, they need to link to their Google Plus profile. Mm. And on Google Plus, there's an option where you specify where you contribute to and, and you link back to that author page. So if you get that reciprocal relationships, you're linking from an author page to Google Plus and Google Plus is linking to that same author page. That's the first step of getting um, your photo to appear next to the articles you've written. There really is a little planner protocol that that our listeners need to go through, isn't there? Like, like make sure you, like a checklist, you've done this, you've done that, you've done that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think definitely those first two steps of kind of getting into habit of using a tool to share your content on Google Plus is important. There's also the kind of making it easier for Google Plus users to share your content as as possible. But there's a couple of more technical ones, which is about the rel author implementation mm. and the open graph stuff there. Wh- which well. element should that rel attribute go on? Is it the header or the paragraph? Uh, it's or? I, it's difficult it to really explain. In the exact, well, basically the way it's all to do with like the links in most cases. There's right. like a rel me, which says you know. And the, oh, it goes to the yeah, link. Of yeah, course, yeah, yeah, makes yeah. sense. So, yeah. I, 
it's best to I think if I were to try and recount it from memory here um, I'd probably end up just confusing the listeners so the best bet is to go out and look at some of these great guys that have been written for it and I think the Skyrocket SEO one's a really good place to start no doubt there will be links in the show notes yes and finally you know it's kind of to do good social marketing right because SEO you know a lot of this is kind of built upon trying to understand how people use content and share content socially now all those steps we've gone before are important kind of prerequisites for making the most of it. But in a lot of cases, it's just doing good work that's the important thing to do. So, yeah, generally try and produce content that your audience want to share. Put it in front of them. Uh, make sure your website fulfills their their objectives and all that type of thing, really. It's just the kind of standards where it's like if you do... If you're a good business that makes a good product, that communicates it well, you're in a strong place to start and then you just need to deal with some of those hygiene factors. Just one thought yes. as, 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 as we, just before we part, because yes. I sense a parting here. Yes. Um, it's really interesting. One of the points that you brought up quite near the beginning yeah. was about um, social rank. And I read an article a few weeks ago about how someone quite high up in the sort of web world yes. felt that social rank was going to be one of the big things coming up in the future it was going to become more and more important well in Did terms you- of the more that something is socially shared the better likely it is to appear well m- more the terms of in terms of like um how you're rated on the internet as as a person and as an expert do yeah. you think this is I think true that's certainly part of it i mean i think that it's, it's not suddenly that you've got to do all you can to get your clout score up as high as possible but if you kind of understand that what all the web technologies that are helping people find stuff, what they want to do is to try and understand like a expert in an area. You know, we know implicitly who is an expert and who isn't an expert. And mm. I kind of often use the analogy, well, if I'm asking um, people to recommend me a second-hand car, I'm going to trust the mechanic more than the hairdresser, right? That just makes sense. Mm. Um, and, but maybe some people would trust you know, Jeremy Clarkson more than the mechanic. And it's just relative. And I think it's going to be kind of specific to certain niches, specific to certain topics, but it certainly makes sense that um, pages are created by people um, and those people might create pages across multiple sites. So it seems sensible that the search engines and social sites, which are all about discovery as well, are going to want to try and make that connection between the person who created it rather than the the place that published it. Mm. Well, there we go. Fantastic. Google Plus goodness. So, uh, do we know what's coming up in the next Let show, Calvin? Let me check our notes. As, as he rapidly checks da, his notes. Da, da, as he checks da, da, the spreadsheet, the, the Google spreadsheet. spreadsheet. It's going to be another tools episode, sharing some tools which kind of, I hope, quite literally will save you hours and hours of time. Including possibly the tool we recently spoke of. Exactly. A little bit of a teaser there of one of those tools. All coming up next time. So, thank you for listening to Internet Marketing, brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. I'm Andy White. I'll be back next time, and so will Kelvin Newman. Goodbye. <laughs> See you then. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org, where you'll find show notes, links, and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments, and questions from you if you want to send an email send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. If you're inside the UK, 
It's 01273 256 150. And you can leave a voice, comment or question and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.